Welcome to the podcast on Walking Through Trials. My name is Pastor Gail Crock. I'm the Executive Director of Spiritual Care Consultants of West Michigan. As I was preparing this podcast this morning, the Holy Spirit laid on my heart that I should share the words of Jesus first before launching into this podcast. John 16:33. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Man, it's really great to have the words of Jesus. You know, you're not going to go through this life without going through trials. And the thing is, a trial is anything that you're going through that's challenging you that you're having a very hard time with. And there can be different uh, types of trials and different levels of severity. So whatever you, you're going through today, I want you to know there's hope. And I pray that this message will be a great encouragement to you. Now, when I do a podcast, I use a lot of scriptures. So you may want to listen to this again. Get your Bible out. Get paper and pencil or your ink pen and write some scriptures down because I'm going to be talking mainly out of Daniel chapter 3 and James chapter 1 and using a lot of other supplemental scriptures. Then I come across Psalm 46.1. God is our refuge, a strength and an ever-present help in a time of trouble. In 2 Peter 2.9 if this is so, then the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from trials and to hold the righteous for punishment on the day of judgment. And you might say, well, why are you quoting so many scriptures? Well, that's what we have to stand on. Sometimes you don't know how you're going to get through a trial. You can't see your way ahead, but you got to walk by faith and not by sight. And you got to declare the things that are not as though they already were. And you got to keep trusting God that Romans 8 28 all things work together for good to those that love God and are called according to his purpose that God is going to bring good out of the trial that we're going through so as I was thinking about walking through trials one of my favorite stories in the Bible is out of Daniel chapter 3 talking about the three Hebrew children Shadrach Meshach and Abednego now King Nebuchadnezzar had captured the Israelites in Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were in Babylon, but they had found favor in the eyes of the king, and they were continuing to follow the customs of their God, the one true God, and they were not getting into the pagan uh, gods of the Babylonians, but they were staying set apart for God in a godless world. Kind of sounds like today a little bit. Well, King Nebuchadnezzar got a bright idea one day, he was going to build a 90-foot statue of gold, and it was going to be 90 feet high, 90 feet wide, a gold of image, and then he was going to make a decree that everyone, at the sound of the music, needed to bow down before the statue of gold. But, you know, this was a problem for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. That was against the law of their God. They were not going to bow down to any graven image. Now, it was either bow down or get thrown into a fiery furnace. I don't know about you. Maybe just a little bow down wouldn't hurt. I mean, that or being burned alive, that's your choice. But you know what? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did not 
compromise. And you should read this story out of Daniel chapter 3. So he says in verse 6 in Daniel 3, Whosoever does not fall down and worship will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. So you can kind of you can kind of get the picture, right? The statue is built. The whole kingdom is there. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego is standing, standing right in front of the statue. And the music plays. And everybody's bowed down except three guys. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They're standing there. They're sticking out like a sore thumb. And the king is like mad he's furious and here's here's what they said here's what Shadrach Meshach and Abednego said to the king if we are thrown into the blazing furnace the God we serve is able to deliver us from it and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand I want you to notice they're still respectful to the king but if he does not we want you to know your majesty that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar was furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and his attitude toward them changed, and he ordered that the furnace be heated seven times hotter than normal. Whoa, that is crazy. So he gives them another chance. Everybody stands up, and the music plays. And the only three standing are Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It looks like they're going to die. They're headed for uncertain death. I want you to read this. This is verses 20 through to 28. The king's command was so urgent and the furnace so hot that the flames killed the soldiers who took Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Wow. The soldiers are dead as they're throwing them in the fire. And these three men, firmly tied, fell into the blazing furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, Weren't there three men we tied up and threw into the fire? They replied, Certainly, Your Majesty. He said, Look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound, unharmed, and the fourth man looks like the Son of God. It was a what we call a theophany, an appearance of Jesus in the Old Testament. Nebuchadnezzar then approached his opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire, and the satraps, prefects, governors, and royal advisors crowded around them. They saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, not a hair on their head was singed, and the robes were not scorched, and they didn't even have the smell of smoke. Wow. The only thing that was burned off them was the robes, that, the ropes that had them tied. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who sent his angels and rescued his servants. They trusted in him and defied the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than to serve or worship any other god except their own. Man, sometimes we don't know what the end of our trial is going to be. Sometimes we don't know who's watching us in the midst of our trial. Now I'm going to read James uh, chapter 1 verses 2 through 8 and I'm going to kind of walk through the scripture. It says, he starts out by saying, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, 
when you face trials of many kinds. I want to say something. I don't consider it joy when I'm in the middle of a trial. Man, that takes a godly attitude to be joyful when trials hit. Because he says, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Now, I don't like my faith tested. I would rather it not be tested. But the truth is, when we go through a trial, it really tests what we're made out of. And so then he says in verse 4, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. See, the end of a trial, if we go through it the right way, is maturity. If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Now, when you're in the midst of a trial, you should say, God, give me the wisdom to get through this trial. Show me what you want me to do. Show me. Help me. Then he says in verse 6, but when you ask, you must believe and not doubt because the one who doubts is like the wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is a double-minded man and unstable in all he does. You know what? Sometimes it's hard to believe for the better things that God has for us. Sometimes it's hard to believe that God is actually going to answer our prayer. So we really got to do it by faith and maybe even sometimes pray, Lord, help my unbelief. James 1.12, this is an encouraging word. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive a crown of life that the Lord has promised to those that love him. You know, when I read the book of Revelation, especially the first three chapters it says to him who overcomes to him who overcomes to him who overcomes you know what that tells me i'm going to have things to overcome in this life whether i like it or not it's the thing i'm going to face now i want to give you some other scriptures that i really love scriptures that you can stand on when you're going through a trial isaiah 43 2 when you pass through the waters i'll be with you when you pass through the rivers they will not sweep over you when you walk through the fire, you will not be burned, and the flames will not set you ablaze. God has never promised us a life without trials, but he has promised that he would be with us and walk with us. Isaiah 41.10 So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And then I love Isaiah 41 13 for I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand and says to you do not fear I will help you wow you realize that in the midst of your trial today God has you by the right hand whether you realize it or not Matthew 28 20 teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you and lo I am with you always even to the end of the age you know what the end of the age, the end of the church age is not here. God is with us. And you know something? If you're going through a trial, it doesn't mean it's about some sin that you've committed. It doesn't mean that God doesn't love you. But look, God wants to help strengthen us. And you know what? When you go through a trial, somebody is watching how you're going to make it through. And that will give them the power to get through. I love some other scriptures that you can declare uh, to promise and declare for God for your turnaround in your situations. I love Romans 8, 28 and 29. 
And we know that in all things God works for the good to those who love him who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew he did predestine to be conformed to the image of his son. You know, that is a powerful scripture. Satan must hate that scripture. God has a way of bringing good out of the bad. And sometimes we can't see it. You might not be able to see it for a long time, but you've got to trust. Jeremiah 29, 11 is a great scripture to proclaim if you're in the middle of a trial. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not harm you, plans to give you hope in the future. You know what? It doesn't matter what you're going through. If you're alive listening to this podcast, you're, you got hope. And God's future is still there for you. And I don't care if you feel like you've royally blown it and that you've royally screwed up. God's forgiveness and blood is there to help you. I say to you, get back on track with Jesus. Then I like Joel 2.25. I will repay you for all the years the locusts have eaten. I love that scripture. You know, when we go through something and we get healing for it, and we survive the trial, and we come out victorious, then God takes the very thing Satan meant to kill us with, and he uses it to make our misery our ministry. Wow, fantastic. Satan must hate that too. You know, it isn't so much that Satan's afraid that you'll become a Christian, although he is afraid that you'll find out what God created you for, and you'll go do that. 2 Corinthians 4, verses 17 to 18. Another fabulous verse. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary and what is unseen is eternal. Here's the thing. When you're in the middle of a trial, it doesn't seem like light and momentary. What Paul is saying here. We need to rise up and we need to have the viewpoint from heaven. Our life is about 80, 90 years, maybe 100 if we're lucky. And then after that, we go into eternity. Those that know Jesus, we go to eternity in heaven and we never die. And our life goes on forever. So in heaven's viewpoint, these trials we go through are light and momentary. But in our eyes, they seem like they're going to last in eternity. I have uh, nine points that will help you get through trials. And I, this is not going to take long. Point number one, keep a heavenly perspective. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus and realize in the light of eternity, your trials are light and momentary. Number two, stand on God's promises. Joshua 21, 45 says, not one of God's promises has ever failed. Number three, keep walking by faith and not by sight. Number four, don't listen to the lies of the enemy. John 8, 44 says Satan is the father of lies. And what he will do when you're going through a trial, he will come and whisper his lies like you're worthless. You're no good. You're not going to make it. You might as well give up. Don't listen to that. Put it down. Stand on God's word. You know, the Bible says then. 1 Peter 5, 7, it says that, and, and it says, um, 
Cast all your anxiety because he careth for you. For your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone whom he may devour. Resist him. Stand firm in the face. So you know what? Get the word of God out. And when the enemy tells you his lies, fight back with God's truth. Really good. Number six, or I should say uh, number five, keep your eyes on Jesus at all times and not your circumstances. Hebrews 13, 1 through 3 tells us how we need to keep our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Number six, never give up. Philippians 4, 13, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Number seven, get together and pray with a friend. There's power in the prayer of agreement. Matthew 18, 18 to 20 says, Whatever you agree on earth is agree in heaven. And whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. And it says when two of us get together and pray, Jesus is with us. Number eight, stay connected to the body of Christ. Don't be a lone sheep because the enemy looks for the one that's straggling away from the herd. Stay in the body of Christ and in the body of believers. And finally, number nine, Keep fighting the good fight of faith until you have your breakthrough. 1 Timothy 1.18. I love this scripture. Timothy, my son, I am giving you this command in keeping with the prophecies once made about you so that by recalling them, you may fight the battle well. And if you have had God speak to you through his word, and if God has given you scriptures or you have a prophetic word someone gave you and you know you've got words from the Lord in the past about your future, Take the word of God out, whether it's prophetic or whether it's the written word of God, and fight with those promises against the lies of the enemy until you get your breakthrough. Well, I am so glad that you've chose to join me for this podcast today. You're not in a hopeless situation because we serve the God of hope. And God, I'm praying for you that God will bring light into your darkness and peace to your heart. Now, let me pray for you. Lord, for everybody that will listen to this message, everyone that's walking through trials, I pray that you would give them your hope, your strength, and your encouragement today. Let your presence be with them right now, wherever they're at. And may they know that the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of Baal, Perizim, the God of the breakthrough, is with them. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Keep walking through the trial because there's light on the end of the tunnel. It's our Lord and Savior, Jesus, and he's going to get you through.